there are groups of people and, and there, there's a lot of human activity in places where food just can't grow effectively. So when you're talking about places where plants just don't grow well or don't grow fast enough or where seasonality affects plant growth and uh, people just can't afford to fly in food, that's the kind of thing where this system would work especially well. That's Corey Ellis, and you're listening to Ending Hunger and Malnutrition. Can it really be done? I'm Sivan Yosef, Senior Program Manager at the International Food Policy Research Institute, IFPRI. In this podcast, we talk to the world's top scientists, policymakers, and practitioners about ending hunger and malnutrition in under a decade. We teamed up with a group of passionate, engaged public health grad students at the University of Michigan. Each episode, one of the students will conduct an interview for us. Hydroponics is the process of growing plants without soil. It can reduce the water requirements of growing plants by 90% and has the potential to bring food security and income to hard-to-reach places around the world. Isa Kuyavsky chats with Corey Ellis, the CEO of a hydroponics startup called The Grocer that is bringing modular hydroponic systems to Canada's remote north. We started the company about a year ago now. What we do is that we use old shipping containers and convert them into what is essentially a modular farm that can be plugged in uh, in some of the world's most remote conditions and operate uh, a farm year-round. So essentially what hydroponics are, it's the base technology that we're using. It's a process of growing plants within a water medium. So we add the nutrients that plants would usually find in soil. We dilute that in water and the water flows through channels where the plant's roots lie. And that way the plant can absorb those nutrients and absorb the water it needs without needing any soil, which is uh, a pretty significant challenge and, and something hydroponics is able to surmount uh, because in Arctic conditions and, and in far off places in the world, there may not be uh, enough soil that's nutrient dense to allow plant growth. So this technology allows us to introduce um, the nutrients artificially, but it also happens to also reduce the water needs for plant growth by about 91%. So um, not only are we able to tackle the issue of having no need for soil, but also we're tackling the issue of um, also just growing plants with, with much less water than, than is needed in traditional agri- agriculture. Wow, sounds like a lot of thought went into this. Why did you start this? What, what motivated you? Um, so I run a student club at the University of Ottawa called Enactus, and we're a part of a, an international network of uh, these Enactus teams that look to use business and sustainable business models to address some of the world's um, most significant challenges. And uh, about three years ago now, I was in Nunavut, which is um, Canada's newest and, uh, and one of the most northern territories we have, uh, delivering entrepreneurship programs for at-risk youth. And we saw the extent of uh, some of the uh, food shortages and also the food costs um, and how that impacted people's quality of life. And just through experiencing that firsthand, we, we decided that we needed to do something about it and that we were really passionate about this issue. Great. So how long until someone can actually see sort of, quote unquote, no pun intended, the fruits of their <laughs> labor? How long until you grow something that you can actually eat? It takes about four weeks to get started from when the system arrives and then they can harvest weekly uh, about 750 uh, pieces of produce uh, in a given system. So you're talking about this hydroponic system that 
um, somebody in an underserved community could use in order to sustainably grow their own agriculture. How do you think that this idea can influence global malnutrition in the future? There are groups of people and, and there, there's a lot of human activity in places where food just can't grow effectively. So when you're talking about places where, um, where plants just don't grow well or don't grow fast enough or where seasonality affects plant growth and uh, people just can't afford to fly in food, yeah, it's the case in, in Nunavut, right? You've got a growing season of maybe four months if you're lucky. Um, that's the kind of thing where this system would work especially well. And again, I think this system can play a role in being able to sustainably grow food within a very dense you know, urban center, for example, because it's so it's such a high density growing environment and we control all the environmental controls that are needed to run a system. Uh, we're able to increase yields and boost that so that with the same amount of resources, we can grow more food in less time to just get food out there more quickly and more affordably so that people can access it. Is this system something that a family would have to buy out of their own pocket or would there be like partnerships with global aid programs or non-government organizations? Absolutely. So the system itself is quite costly. It's a commercially sized system. It's designed to feed uh, about 100 people if you were feeding someone every day year round. So it, it is a quite a large uh, investment. And so, of course, you need partnerships in place and some facilitation in terms of funding to be able to afford the capital cost of this, to invest in a system like this. The good news is that the minute that that happens, there's actually a business case to be made because there is a return on that investment, right? The system does operate on a profit margin that can be reinvested and returned to the investors if it's a private investor or reinvested into further growing the number of systems that can be that can be grown and installed in one place. So if an organization like USAID was to come in and invest in one system in a given community over time in about a couple to three years, that community with just the produce that they're growing would be able to afford to buy a second system for themselves. So it's a self-sustaining model that we hope will be able to propagate. Uh, we need these sustainable solutions in order to effectively address these issues. We can't expect that the nonprofit or charity model will have a real put a real big dent in the problem because it's just not sustainable long term. Just out of curiosity, are you guys the only company that's currently doing this right now? Are there com other companies you know about? This hydroponic technology in general is not new, but the idea of building it for scale and enabling it to be modular in a way that hasn't been possible before is new. Uh, so the shipping container idea is really new. Um, and something to remember is that hydroponics have been used for decades in a greenhouse environment, but only recently have LED lights become efficient and cost effective enough for the, there to be a business case and for the cost of operating systems like these to go down. So really we're sort of riding that wave of increased access in better and improved LED systems to in fact reduce all of our operating costs across the board and make the food that we're growing really quite affordable. Corey Ellis is the co-founder and CEO of The Grocer, a Canada-based social enterprise focusing on hydroponics. To learn more about his work, visit thegrocer.ca. That's G-R-O-W-C-E-R. Isa Kiyofsky is a grad student in the University of Michigan School of Public Health. 
This podcast is a joint activity of IFPRI's Nourishing Millions Project in the Department of Nutritional Sciences at the University of Michigan School of Public Health. You can subscribe to this podcast and learn a lot more about IFPRI by going to the IFPRI website, www.ifpri.org, or the Nourishing Millions website, nourishingmillions.ifpri.info. Today's show was produced by Noshin Hayat, Isa Kayavsky, Andrew Jones, Zach Rosen, and me, Sivan Yosef. Zach Rosen edited our interview. Music from today's show comes from the Free Music Archive. Until next time, let's innovate, learn, and speed up progress on ending hunger and malnutrition.